Welcome back to the the podcast this week. Um, we are continuing our deep dives into Mark, and uh, ironically, we have Mark Buckley here <laughs> wow. with us. The one and only <laughs> makes it really authentic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark can really speak to Mark uh, because of that. So uh, we got Mark and David, and I am Ryan, Hello. and um, and we're going to jump into our podcast this week. Uh, last week we. Uh, ended in uh, kind of the end of chapter four. Jesus calms a storm. We stopped right before there. Uh, David, why don't you give us a little recap this week? You were preaching, uh, trying to cover the miracles of Jesus. Yeah. So again, just been looking at it through the lens of if we want to do the things that Jesus did, we should figure out how to do the things that Jesus did. And and there's a lot of simple, consistent things that we see Jesus do if we look closely um, and it's hard to look closely because there's so many amazing, fantastic, miraculous things Jesus did. But in looking at the end of Mark 4, all of Mark 5, and first half of Mark 6, there's just kind of these rapid-fire miracle stories that, that Mark gives us. And again, Peter through Mark probably. Mm. But um, Jesus calming the storm, Jesus setting a guy free from a legion of demons yeah. into pigs and all Which that. Which isn't creepy at all. Yeah, <laughs> That <laughs> whole then, story. <laughs> right, it's just wild. Yeah, it's wild. And then Jairus, the synagogue official, having Jesus come heal his daughter, but on the way, the woman with the issue of blood gets healed, and then the daughter dies, but then he raises the daughter from the dead. And then he can't do much in his own hometown, mm. except for a few people. He sneaks out the back <laughs> and, and heals, which is kind of funny the way it phrases that, and then sends his disciples out to do that. So we just kind of looked at those stories, and and one of the things that I, I think was loud and clear was was Jesus got proximate to people's pain. Mm. He didn't avoid people's pain. He didn't avoid hard things, but when when someone was hurting, he would go all the way in, even to... You know, knowing there's a demon possessed guy, Jesus went to that part of the the, the lake, knowing he would be there, because yeah. he wanted to be with that person. And then even when there's a dead daughter, he didn't say, "Oh no, that's too awkward or too intense." He he went in there, and and so just Jesus getting proximate to pain. You see that over and over again. So if we want to see the miraculous things that God can do, maybe we can start with the simple, consistent thing that Jesus did, and and mm. just at least allow ourselves to be proximate to pain. Yeah, and see yeah. and, and the whole situation of, I thought you brought out really well in your sermon. Jesus knew a storm was coming. He was with yeah. fishermen yeah. who could read the signs of the weather, and um, he didn't avoid the storm. A, lo- a lot of times, believers are in a situation where they think, "Well, if God wants me to do this, I'm going to check the weather report, <laughs> and uh, if it isn't blue skies, <laughs> then it must not be the Lord." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did not run from pain. He did not run from demons, and he did not run from storms. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And miracles are one of those things when you're talking about, you know, we, we look at the life of Jesus and we go, okay, what did he do? What were the practices in his life? What were the things that he did? And we as Christians are trying to become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we're like, how could we become more like Jesus? Miracles are one of those things where you can't try hard enough to bring more miracles. This is one of those areas where we are so reliant on the Lord to put ourselves in these positions where, and you've, you've said this a few times over the last few weeks, putting yourself into that place where either you're going to look foolish or the Lord's going to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is some of that that relies on us, but 
how have you seen, I mean, you told some stories on Sunday and maybe we could even shift to Mark, like some of these miraculous stories in your life where you're like, okay, the Lord okay, showed so I up. I want to do a weather. I'll give you a weather. Give you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. So, um, you know, many years ago, my sister was getting married. Everybody had accepted Christ in my family, at least prayed with me, except this one sister, Susan. Mm. She's getting married up at Lake Tahoe, outdoor wedding in October, which is a little iffy in <laughs> October in the Sierra Nevadas. And uh, sure enough, on the week of her big wedding, outdoor wedding at River Ranch Resort, uh, it's raining like crazy. And on the rehearsal day, it's raining like crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to rain on the wedding. And, and we're, we're gathering around. And for the first time, my sister wants to pray, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's her wedding. <laughs> so we all pray. And uh, I said, Lord, would you just stop this rain? Allow us to have this wedding, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it was, I felt completely responsible. Like, God, <laughs> I prayed for my sister all these years. Long story yeah. short, on the day of the wedding, it rains until it's wedding time. It stops. It's nice and clear. Everything's fine for the whole wedding and reception. And then it rains afterwards, right? Yeah. So then, mm. fast forward. Uh, 1984, my first son, my first Easter in Phoenix. I go to Hawaii because we hadn't started living streams yet. Mm. I go to Hawaii. I'm doing an outdoor service, a sunrise service on the beach in Kauai, and there's all the people from this house church and friends are out there on the beach with us. Sunrise, and we're they started the singing and it starts to rain. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we should head inside. And I stand up. I'm like, no, we don't need to hands. Lord, <laughs> just stop this rain in Jesus' name. It just thunderstorms. It just <laughs> pours on us. Yeah. And everybody runs inside. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to do the Easter message after proving to everybody I have no power to stop the rain. <laughs> yeah. I felt so wimpy. Well, after the wedding, but, you would assume that yeah. you yes, had some yes. ability to do but that. But that's yeah. just it. Yeah. Miracles are cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We're never given the power to make it happen whenever we want it to happen. Yes. But we can have faith that God can do it mm. when it will glorify Him at the right time. Yes. And that's the difference. I could use other yeah. examples, but yes. with yeah. the weather. That's important. Yeah, He can do it, and yeah. we can believe it, and we can cooperate, but we can't just m- make it happen whenever we want. Yeah, and I think that's when we get in trouble. When we start yes. to go, if you do this, then God's going to show up in this miraculous way. Yes, and it completely, then it's a formula. Yes, it's a formula, and that formula lets us down all the time. That's you right. Know? Yeah. I think about that even when you're praying for healing he, for exactly. somebody. You go, the Bible tells me to pray for healing, and there's times I don't want to do that, <laughs> right. but I'm just... I'm going to do it because he tells me to do it. Yes. And then I turn it over to him for the results, you know? Yes. And there are times when the Lord shows up in miraculous ways and you go, wow, that's amazing. And there are a lot of other times that he doesn't, you know? And it's cooperating with the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. Because the power of God is released through gifts of grace Mm. through the Holy Spirit. It's not a power that we have that just enables us to heal whenever we want, turn yeah. water into wine whenever we want. Yes. Um, in my case, in hunting, summon an elk whenever I want. <laughs> but there's yeah. times when the Lord allows it to happen. Yes, yeah. 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 In 1 Corinthians 12, there's just like a biblical kind of way of 
that that the Bible differentiates that. It's talking about the different gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. It's like there is one Spirit and many gifts. There is yes. one Spirit mm-hmm. and many offices. There yeah. are one Spirit. It kind of goes like through. And then particularly when it talks about the gifts of healing, you know, it doesn't it's say plural. the gift of healing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And some people say, oh, I have the gift of healing. <laughs> and it's like, well, you didn't read your Bible <laughs> because no one possesses the gift of healing. It's the Spirit that brings the healing, and mm-hmm. He gives those gifts as He sees fit. But the Lord might work with someone in particular with healing more than others because they're comfortable or they're courageous enough to actually yes. pray. Um, but it's gifts of healing as the Spirit decides how and when and which what, is so important, yeah. which is so important. It's like I prayed and I got a gift when the Lord healed that one person. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was given the gift to heal. Yeah. It was we're given gifts daily yeah. of seeing the Lord show up in healing ways, which I think is a, a pretty, pretty important distinction for a lot of people. Very important yes. because really the challenge then becomes what do we have faith for? What and and what that means to me is, what do I sense the Spirit doing? Yeah. Somebody comes for prayer, I have to sense. Do I have the faith? Mm. Do what do I believe for? Mm. And sometimes all I believe for is God strengthen them, encourage them, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's Lord bring healing. Now, yes. some it could be. God's timing in healing, too. I mean, it could be instantaneous or it can be a healing process. Mm. And we can pray for breakthroughs. Yeah. But um, faith comes as a gift from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And what is that gift telling us at that moment? And that, when I, so, I mean, all this stuff's so interesting because I'm trying to get in Jesus's brain, right, as (laughs) as he's going through these realities. And this is, again, this is how Peter experienced it because Peter's retelling the story of yeah. what happened through through John Mark as he's writing. But so Jesus Jesus gets done teaching the parables in Mark four and and then he says to his disciples, because he's out in the boat, you know, mm-hmm. teaching to all the people. There's just a little way as offshore. He gets done with teaching. He looks at the guys that are in the boat with him and he says, Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And it says and there were other boats with them. So mm. they weren't all in one boat. Mm-hmm. It's it's the disciples were going across in their boats. Yeah. Um again, just so much the detail is so interesting because yes. in my mind I'm just picturing them all in mm-hmm. a boat. Yeah. But so then Jesus in his mind is saying I I somehow he feels compelled to go to the other side of the lake. Knowing there's a storm because obviously they could see that. It's not like the storm just appeared out of nowhere. He feels like we're supposed to go to the other side of the lake, away from the people, so maybe there's rest. Maybe he goes to sleep, so maybe he's tired, mm-hmm. wants to get away. But he's going through a storm, so he knows something's up. Something mm. is compelling him beyond just, oh, yeah, let's go through a storm today. That sounds yeah. fun. And then they, where they land is actually a place where they had to have known there was a demon-possessed guy, at least the stories were told. Because we know all the stories that he's shackled many times, breaks the shackles, Mm. screams out in the nighttime, you know, lives among the tombs. So... So this was an area that's pretty close to where they're at. They had to be familiar with it's this It's not guy. the yeah. big... It's, not, it's the Sea of Galilee, but <laughs> yeah. it's just a lake. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not that big it's when not you that go big. there. Yeah, it's just a big lake. Small. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, they had to have known who this guy was. So He's not very far from them. So, there, yeah. so Jesus obviously is being led. Now, we would think led by the Spirit, right? That would be our phrase that we would say. Jesus was led by the Spirit, compelled by the Father to go to this spot. Maybe he knew... 
Well, here's here's a, there's something. a psalm. There's yeah. a psalm that says he hears the cry of the afflicted. Mm. This man was afflicted. Mm. He was crying out to God. I heard Tyler yeah. Johnson do a sermon on this in Italy, and he he was crying out in his agony. Yeah. Mm. And so Jesus is responding in a sense to the cry of the afflicted, even though yeah. he couldn't hear it. Physically, yeah, I want to talk about the demon possessed man in just yes. a minute. But, but hold on, yeah, yeah. But but Jesus had heard that for thirty years. Yeah. Well, maybe not when he was a baby or whatever. But you get what I'm saying. But for some His reason, there was this moment. The yes. spirit was compelling something. So it's it's. I'm trying to figure out. Jesus, it seems like from the scriptures, never got it wrong. Like he never mm. said, you know be healed and the person wasn't healed. That yeah. happens to me all the time. <laughs> I pray for someone to be healed and mm. there's no magic. Yeah. And yeah. and I again, maybe they're just not telling those stories about Jesus, but I think Jesus was so led by the spirit that he was dialed in. So he wouldn't mm. pray for someone to raise from the dead unless mm. he felt compelled by the spirit of God to pray yeah. for someone to be raised from the dead. Yeah. Right. And that's something that I'm just always trying to dial in in my own life is even this Sunday, because a lot of people came forward for prayer um, after, after the message this Sunday, and one guy came up, and you could you could see in his eyes just this longing to receive from the Lord. And he told me his story, and I said, yes, I'll pray for you. And then I started to pray, and, I, and then I just kind of stopped going, I got to figure out what the Spirit is even leading in this yes. moment yeah. before yes. I start saying too many words. So That's I was just right. kind of quiet. And it was really cool because we did, I feel like we got somewhere good um, as the Spirit was leading. But yeah, it's just so interesting yeah. thing about Jesus, how he, he knew he was supposed to go to that side of the lake at that moment on that day, even though there was a storm, even though he was tired, all of these things. Yeah. He knew that they would be fine, even though the storm was mm-hmm. saying otherwise and mm-hmm. the disciples didn't know. Mm-hmm. He knew that Jairus's daughter was just sleeping. And wasn't going to stay dead. Mm-hmm. I don't, Jesus is just so amazing. <laughs> well, and there is a there's a and there's a partnering. You know, like any of mm-hmm. us who have done preaching or you pray for somebody, there's a partnering not just with you and the Lord, but with that person you're praying with too. And mm-hmm. you know, like you when you're saying Jesus prayed and it always worked out. It's it's mostly true. But you know, at the end of this section, we're going to talk about pretty soon is. He's in his hometown, and it Not says he didn't do a lot of miracles. He could do no yeah. mighty yeah, work. Yeah, he couldn't do many works. Yeah, a few, <laughs> just a few. And there is that partnering with people that's so interesting. And that's what's so beautiful about whenever the Lord shows up miraculously. Because mm-hmm. it's not just you. It's not just you yeah. and the Lord. It's you and that person as well. That's right. You know? And that's why he said oftentimes your, your fa- faith, your faith yes. has made you whole. Yes. So maybe part of his gift was seeing the mm. faith in other people, yes. seeing what they're yeah. they're really yes what's happening between them and God. Yeah, I've told this story before, but I, I feel like I saw this so clearly in Ecuador. Uh, I was praying, mm-hmm. and you know, Mario. Of course, when we were mm-hmm. done, he's like, "Hey, could you pray for some people?" I said, "Sure." Yeah, Pastor Mario. Yep, and he lines up, you know, forty or fifty people in front yeah. of me, and I was going, "Oh my gosh," you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, some people. Yeah, <laughs> just a few. So, like two hours, literally two hours into praying for people. Um, and I don't know how many people have come through. This guy and his son comes up and he says, you know, um, my son uh, has a problem with his eye. Can you pray for him? And I said, sure, you know. And um, so I lay hands on him and I pray for him. And I said, did anything change? And he said, no. And and in America, you're like, we're done here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Next. And the dad just stood there and looked at me and it was awkward. And I, and I asked him, like, do you want me to 
pray again? And he said, yeah. And so come on, I did. I, yeah, come on, man. Keep doing it. So I prayed, you know, anything changed? No. And the dad's just still standing there. And again, like the faith of him, like he had the faith. Right. I didn't. Like yes. I was like, yes. I was ready to say next in line. Hmm. Third time. I go, okay, I'm going to pray for him again. Pray for healing. Same way I did. Didn't use any different words. I didn't mm-hmm. stomp weird or like say something yep. in tongues. Just the same exact thing. Didn't expect anything different to happen. And the third time I said, is it better? And he, the kid smiles huge. And he said, it's all better. And I said, it's all better? I'm like, are you sure it's all better? Like, you like you don't want me to pray a fourth time? And I was like, no, it's all better. And his dad smiled, put his arm around him, and he said, thank you. And they walked off. And the dad almost looked like he was expecting it to happen. Yes. Like, great, thank you. Like, I had to really push you. Um, but again, it's that partnering with the faith of like, they, they had the faith. He had the faith. The dad did. I was like, oh, I felt so humbled because I was like, Lord, I had like... Uh, you know, he had, he was rich in faith. I had like five cents. I'm like, yeah. this is all I got. Yeah. But that partnering of faith, that connecting with the Holy Spirit, with the with the three or the four of us, with the son, mm. created this amazing story. And it's way more messy and it's way less, you know, it's, it's not this formula that you come up with, but when it happens, few things compare to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. really. Let's, let me, let me mention something on that because that, that was something I didn't really get I didn't have time to dive into very deeply. So this is for that's deep why we're doing right this. Here. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, when the Jesus healed the guy or set the guy free from the legion of demons, um, it's, and then he cast the demons in the pigs, the pigs went into the, the sea and it says the herdsmen ran into town and told everybody what had happened. So the people all came out to see what had happened. When they got out there, they saw the man, in his right mind, clothed at peace, which must mm. have been quite a sight. Mm-hmm. And they, when they, when they explained to them what Jesus had done, their response was, "Jesus, we don't want you here. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we want you to leave." Um, which is so fascinating. <laughs> then, yeah. then you think it's exciting, yeah. And they're like, "Get out!" Yeah. Get then, out. then Jesus says to the woman with the issue of blood, who who sneakily went up and t- touched mm-hmm. Jesus' robe. And when, they, when they, Jesus actually finds out who it was, he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, he goes into Jairus's house and the, the daughter's there, and he's yelling basically at the people who are grieving and sad, and he tells them to get out, which is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in his own hometown, he's like, I could do no good work. And he marveled at their unbelief. Yeah. So... These are these are so consistent. So again, if you're looking closely, all you see is these miracles. But I'm I'm like I don't know how to do miracles. I know yeah. how to do yeah. unbelief. I know how to do. I'm freaked <laughs> out. I know how to do. My yeah. faith is too weak. Um, I know how to do proximate to pain. So I'm like looking at these other things. But I I don't know. It was almost like the word posture was coming to mind. It was mm-hmm. the it was the po- like your faith has your posture has made you whole. Like the way yeah. that you postured yourself towards me, hmm. and because because again, what is faith? Faith is sometimes a little bit hard to to grasp. Like, your mm-hmm. what is? Do I have faith? Do I have? Yeah. But it's like your attitude or your posture towards Jesus. 
so the the people in the Gadarenes or Gerasenes in, in Mark, it's it's they had a posture, an attitude that said, Jesus, we don't want this. Yeah. And Jesus told them there was a posture and attitude that Jesus could not work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then in these other situ and and even the people who are mourning and grieving the family, I I you but you gotta get out of here. Yeah. Because your your posture, your attitude is almost gonna hinder what what could happen right here. And yeah. again, I it's interesting. I don't yeah. want to. I don't. I know that it's the spirit's work, and I mean, sometimes the spirit heals someone even though their posture is bad or something, yeah. you know. But I. But I think it when it, the word faith to me it was just meaning more in these situations. And how do I make sure I have a posture and an attitude that doesn't hinder the Lord from doing things that He wants to do? Yeah. It's so good. I'm thinking of the time in the Book of Acts that Paul is preaching, and it says that he saw that somebody in the crowd had the faith mm. to be healed. Mm-hmm. He could sense it. He yeah. was seeing. So, I mean, part of that is... Experience. Probably their posture of some yeah. sort. Yes. Like he could recognize exactly. something. He could exactly. see people. He, he, he could, could he see could what s- was in them. Yeah. Well, mm. only God knows the heart, but occasionally yeah. he gives us a glimpse. Yes. You know what I mean? For better or for worse. Yeah. The word of knowledge, in, in a sense, we don't know everything about mm. somebody's life, but sometimes the Holy Spirit can show us. He yeah. can, you can see it in their face, and you can read it, and they remind you of somebody else, mm. and all of a sudden you know things about them, and if you declare it, they're going to think, how did you know this? Yes. Well, I know it because the Spirit, who knows it all, just showed me mm. yes. what was going on. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus, who had that kind of relationship with the Spirit, could tell sometimes even what people were thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the mm-hmm. amount of faith that we have, just like you said, you know, what measure of faith do I have? You can't fake that. Um, you can. I mean, you could pretend. And I think a lot of times we equate somebody who's just very audacious and maybe they talk really loud, like that person yeah. must have all the faith. Mm. Um, but Jesus compared, you know, faith to the p- posture of a child, like that childlike faith that mm-hmm. I just believe that God could do it. And I've prayed and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And I'm just going to continue to choose to believe that he's going to heal. But the level of faith that you have, God knows, like you can't, you know, it's yeah. it's one of those things that you can't fake having more. God sees how much you have, you know, yeah. and then having that posture of, you know, I I I believe. You know, I, I believe, but Lord, help me in my unbelief. Yeah, like, right. help me, help me fill that gap. Maybe I'm believing ten percent, and help me fill that ninety percent of faith. You know, yeah. And that sort of litmus test, I think, for faith, um, doesn't lead us to judge everyone around us. Like, oh, you don't have enough faith, and you don't have enough faith. We're just really, we're just going, Lord, help me to have faith. Like, I'm, right. that's all my my attention. Because you have faith for some that. things and not for others. Yes, really, and that's how God sort of leads us in life, right? Yes, you had faith to go to Ecuador or faith to go to Cambodia. You might not have faith to go to South Phoenix and do an outreach for whatever it's reason. It's true. But, and that's why we need each other, because yes. then it's like, oh, somebody else will push you into that. No. Maybe some people have great faith for the Lord to provide financially. Yes. Great. I need more of those people in my life to remind me, right. okay, Lord, the, the Lord could come through financially. Um, but I think that's why it's never a lone wolf faith. Like We need each other, and each other's faith rubs off on each other. And, and, and discerning who has faith for something, because we don't yeah. all have to. In other words, let, let's say we're a leadership team right here, and you come up with a plan and and I think I don't think that's going to work. Rather mm. than me te- talking you out of it, 
I need to discern, is this real faith that he has? Is he yes. willing to lay down his life for this vision? Because yeah. if you are, it will come to pass. Yes. Yeah. You know, and yes. I don't want to be speaking against something that God is giving birth to. As yes. a matter of fact, yeah. as a leader, what I try to do is to discern, since God gives dreams and visions to all his children, hmm. what is the dream or vision the Lord put in your heart? Yeah. Because if the Lord put it in your heart, then my job is to help facilitate it, because I can get you together with somebody else that has something similar, and together, maybe it'll come to pass. Yeah. yeah. I, I Some of the challenge that was coming in me, you know how when you're teaching a message, <laughs> there's it's, it's working on you. I mean, you're in it for a whole week, and it's just right. working sure. on you, working yeah. on you. But there's that there's that moment where I think I would I would I would be real comfortable believing that God didn't do miracles anymore, you know, yeah. kind of like a cessationist. cessationist. Yeah, I, I, there's something that feels safe and pleasant there. <laughs> um, but I feel like, but it's so dead. I feel yeah. like it, I feel so like dead. it's the wrong posture. Yeah, and yeah. and and so I I feel like that's like closing off. Something and again, not to say that people are cessationists, you know, are, are closed off to God or anything. But I, I just feel that in me that there's this there's this challenge when I'm, when when I'm proximate to pain, and yeah. and I'm feeling okay. Well, I know what God can do with pain. I know what happens in the scriptures. I know what He says that we can do, and so I'm face to face with pain, and I would like to just eliminate the mm. possibility of. Of a miracle and just say, hey, let's just love and care for this person. Yeah, like it seems so much. It's way, way more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. and and but yeah. I feel that I just feel the spirit always challenging against that to say, hey, e- even even though I mean, again, I've prayed for people and nothing has and happened. And it's not either or because you're gonna love them one way or the other. Yeah, but yeah. The, love po- is a but constant. the posture I feel like that God's calling me to is say, hey, you should pray. Yes, you should hope. You should believe. You yeah. should right. lean into this, and then let me be God. Yeah. And 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 if you come out looking ashamed, hey, that's okay. I'm yeah. God, you know. It, well, it's I'm approximate God. to pain. It's the proximate to darkness mm-hmm. that I feel like you could say you have all the faith in the world, but if you never come across somebody who's sick or demon possessed, great. It's all theory, you know. Yeah. And I find it really interesting. So I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Come come back to to the demon possessed man story. Because so many of us, we talk about the miracles of God when he comes in and heals and all of these things that are really great. This story is, I mean, if it were a movie, it would be rated R. It would be scary. It would be like, I don't want to bring my kids to this movie. Like, this would be a frightening scene to come across. Yes. And Jesus comes into this very dark situation. And and that's one of those things, again, you're proximate to pain. This guy... It is very dark and it's very scary, but he's in pain. Mm. He's been possessed for a very long time. Mm. This story really to me is one of the most guttural stories in the New Testament. Mm. When you hear, when you see what Jesus is doing, what are some of those stories for you guys where you've come across the darkness, where something's come across where you go, I'm going to have to stand. And you told, you told a story on Sunday, but maybe Mark, even from you, like, I got to stand here. I got the miracle is I need God to push back this demonic force. Well, I I needed deliverance from demonic forces myself Mm. because I had done psychedelic drugs, blown the doors of my mind wide open, got involved Mm. in all kinds of trances and things. Mm. And uh, I showed up in an apartment as a young believer in 1970, and some guys were listening to a tape of a missions message 
on deliverance and gets guy casting out demons, I literally started getting sick to my stomach. And mm. and and I I just had to say, mm. we gotta stop. And they stopped the tape. They said, Mark, what's going on? I said, This is making me sick. They said, I think you need some deliverance. Mm. And they prayed for me wow. and they prayed for another guy that night. And for the I saw the reality of the demonic for the first time in my life. Mm. And in the Jesus movement days in Northern California, all kinds of young people had been involved in demonic things. Yeah. Everything from witchcraft to Satanism to welcoming spirits, guide spirits. We had a spiritual medium come to our college classroom, and yeah. uh, it, it, I could go on and on. So we had to do deliverance ministry all the time. Mm. And it is messy, it is powerful, but I want to... I wanna, bring up a really important point that the Gadarean demoniac illustrates. People say, well, could a Christian, it's impossible for a Christian to, to have a demon or be possessed. And let me just say this. There's a misnomer of what this means. If Satan, because people think possessed means completely owned and operated by Satan. Hmm. That's not true. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and every creature and every person belongs to God. Hmm. This guy was the most demonized guy in all of the Bible. Hmm. If Satan completely owned him, one of two things would have happened. Jesus comes to town, he would have run in the other direction, or he would have run to attack him and try and kill Interesting. him. Instead, yeah. he, run, he comes to Jesus and falls on his feet. Not because hmm. Jesus commands him to kneel, yeah. but because he knew that he could sense the the presence of God, yeah. and he if if there was any help to be had anywhere at any time, yes, in his and the deep humanness pain, of him is still yes, coming to Jesus. There's still, still some of him left in the there. Ability, yes, that's yeah. why demon possession is not an excuse for any human behavior. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. The the yeah. devil can't make you do it. Yes, no you have to give the how, permission. Yes, you have yeah. to cooperate yes. with that demonic impulse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, for me too, it's like there are those, um, I found it so interesting and not that I would like condone watching this movie, but the movie, The Conjuring, when it first came out, uh, is this really scary, demonic sort of haunted house movie. Um, and it was produced by these Catholic movie producers, which right. was so interesting. And when they were talking about it, they said, you know, Americans are so asleep to the spiritual realm, we thought if we could wake them up and point them to there's a power of darkness and right. there's a power of light. There is a power of darkness that has real power, but there's a power of light that has more power. And I thought, that's so interesting. Because you read this 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 story, it is it's like the conjury. I mean, you're reading, you're like, this yeah. guy's got superhuman strength. It's like mm -hmm. the like this story is really in your face and saying what you see with your natural eyes is not the entire world that's around exactly. you. There's a hidden realm that's around you. And Jesus comes in and he comes crashing into that realm. And I, I that's part of the reason I love this story so much because it's like, this is not normal day-to-day -day life. Mm. This is a, like, you can't chalk this up to he's just having a bad day or maybe he needs to go see a counselor. Like, no, there this is something been going on for a long time yes. and nobody was able to help the guy. Yes. Nobody. Yes. And then Jesus comes comes along. And all these stories, I mean, that's one of those things when you read in the, the New Testament, you read all the Gospels. It's Jesus is healing. 
He's preaching the gospel. He's, he's preaching the kingdom of God everywhere he goes, and he's casting out demons. Right. Like this mm-hmm. is a thing that we in civilized America were like. Eh, I don't know if you I want to bring like that up in regular day to day conversation or something. Yes, you know there there are mental illnesses for there sure. There are. Yes, but this is different yeah. than just mental illness. And all of us would attest, like, hey, right. counseling is great. Yeah, work through things uh, in the natural. It's, or. it's, it's not either or. Yeah. But there are times when supernatural darkness comes into your life and there is all the sort of natural tools that you would use to talk to somebody and have you you realize now I need prayer. Now I need a different sort of miracle. I need the miracle of God pushing back this darkness again in an area where by myself, I don't have any power, right. but with the Holy Spirit in me, I need a miraculous move of that, you know? No. So for you, David. Yeah. I, I mean... I think I've had those moments. It's hard to to really tell what's going on, but maybe because like it's you, an unseen realm. Yeah, you yes. wake up in the middle of the night and you just I, I've just sensed there's like some there's darkness in this house or in this room, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'll get up and pray. I had um, a roommate of mine, um, Mevin Mehu, mm-hmm. um, just awesome guy, follower of Christ. But he described one morning. You know, he he told us that at night he felt like he was pressed to the bed, and he couldn't he couldn't get up, and then he couldn't speak. He said mm-hmm. he said once he felt the like presence holding him down, he tried to say the name of Jesus, and something was like keeping him from being able to speak, and he was just mm-hmm. struggling for a bit. And then he started saying Jesus, Jesus, and as he said the name of Jesus, like everything kind of released. Yeah. And then he said he got up and just started walking around the house saying Jesus, Jesus. and I was like, "You got to move out, man." <laughs> 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 I, yeah. I, I mean, I said that, but yeah. I was joking. Um, <laughs> but kind of half joking. <laughs> but I was like, "But it, what's and but what's weird too is not there's two other guys that were living out at the house at the time, and neither of us heard him say anything. And he said he was shouting Jesus. Wow. And and we didn't hear anything. So. Really interesting. So there, there's been little touches like that, but when we were living in in Belize um, the first time, um, I remember one day someone was just shouting outside of our house early in the morning. The sun had just come up, and I pulled away the little curtain thing that was trying to keep the mosquitoes out. <laughs> and uh, there was a guy down there with two bikes, and he was saying, Mr. David, Mr. David, can you come? And so I, I went down and jumped on the other bike and we rode to the other side of the village and I, I went upstairs into this one house and there was this guy his name is brother Hugh and he's about 77 years old and 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 there was a lady and then her daughter um were sitting on a couch daughter was probably you know 17 years old or something and he was reading all these verses about demonic um things in the bible and i i mean i just woke up and here i am in this situation <laughs> And he's reading these verses about demons, and then he says a prayer for the 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 lady, the the mom and the daughter who are obviously distraught. And then we walk down the the stairs to go outside. The house is up on stilts, and and he looks at me and he says, "Do you have any experience in this type of thing?" And and I was literally like, "I'm I don't know what's happening right <laughs> yeah, now. I'm yeah. I'm barely awake." Yeah, but but I also knew. That he was talking about, do you have experience with yeah. deliverance or demonic stuff? And I said, not a lot. Hmm. And and then he said, well, her boyfriend is over here, and his name was Daniel, and you know he's probably about nineteen or something. And he was sitting in this chair with two guys on either side of him, and he was just 
I mean, he looked demo- he looked demon possessed. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. whatever, whatever I whatever I was picturing, it's like oh, that that's <laughs> what's happening. That's what it is. He's yeah. like writhing, you know, up yeah. and down. He's sitting in a chair, but he's like barely in the chair, and yeah. he's kind of going up and down. He looks like he's in a ton of pain. He's he's doubled over. He's he's like groaning, and so brother Hugh just leads me over to him and then stands back, and I was like, okay, so. And this, this is a really interesting experience because obviously I know the scriptures. Obviously, I've heard some stories. Um, but at the same time, I just thought, well, I'm going to pray for this this yeah. guy. And so I, I thought, you know, I'm going to grab his hand. So I, And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, the sons of Skeva type right. thing. Like they're going to come and, and they ran off naked, right? right. When yeah, the yeah, demon yeah. attacked him, I was like, I don't want to <laughs> run around naked. So I, I grab his hand and... And I and I squeeze and I'm like so ready for the squeeze of death and he squeezed me tight but it was just normal mm-hmm. normal tight squeeze so I was like okay so then I got right next to his ear and I just kind of was rocking up and down with him and I just said I said Daniel you gotta cry out to Jesus Jesus is the only one who can save you mm-hmm. you gotta say Jesus saves me say Jesus save me say Jesus and and he try, you could see at first he didn't do much and then he tried to speak and he couldn't get any words out and I was like oh yeah I know about mm. this from my friend the other day um, and and so eventually he started to say Jesus save me he probably said it maybe ten times and then all of a sudden he went completely limp whole process probably I mean it seemed like a long time it was probably about five to six minutes mm. um, and and then he goes completely limp and this is where it was cool because I the spirit put this in my mind because his eyes were closed and he was totally limp and i said daniel what do you see and he said one of them left and so then i'm thinking legion yeah <laughs> yeah you know okay whatever right. that one means. down oh, how no, many are more left? Than one i wasn't thinking more than one <laughs> so then i i said well how many more are there yeah and he said there's one more and i said all right well let's pray again and again, I'm making this yep. stuff up as mm. I go. So then we, as soon as we started trying to pray again, he's writhing again and he can't, he can't get the words out. And we go through the whole process again. And then, and then he goes limp again. And I said, what do you see? Because that worked last time, you know? <laughs> Let's go with that again. Yeah. And he said, he's gone, but he said he's coming back for the baby. And he said... Ominous. And, he's, and I was like... Okay. And he said, but there's a man in white and he's telling me to go to the church. And so I was like, he's our guy. Yeah. Listen to that guy. He is our guy. And we are going to church right now. He is our guy. And so literally my friend and I, my friend and I, we, we got our, you know, his arms over our shoulders. He was pretty weak. Cause I, I don't, again, I don't know how long this had been going on. And we walk all the way down to the village, probably maybe a mile to the church down the village. So we walk down to the village, to the church. And I'm not joking you, we're, we're to the church and we're going, okay, this seems like it's working out. And so we walked, right when we got to the door of the church, we were walking in and he just, it was like some force hit him hmm. and he flew back and we barely caught him. Gosh. And we were like, what? And I looked at my friend, he looked at me and we just did full on football charge. We just <laughs> smashed this guy into the church and he, he, we all fell into the church. Mm. Um, there wasn't really much force. We kind of overdid it on that second time, but, but we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And so then we sat him there and I know this is going long, but, um, but we're deep diving, right? <laughs> yeah. So, fun. so um, we sat him there, we turned on some worship music. We had someone there with him the rest of the day. And um, that's usually where I finish the story because that's kind of the end of the story, but it's it's not because we went into town um, and came back right right after dark. 
And when we came back right after dark, um, there were a bunch of people gathered around this outside this house. And what had happened is Daniel had come, he had, he felt fine. So he went back to back about to, to his day or whatever. And all of a sudden I go in this house and he's laying there totally unconscious and he's got like garlic and crosses all over him. Um, because that they're trying to ward off the evil spirit <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, so yeah. I walk in there and I literally, you know, and this is where the, the idea of Jesus, you know, he yeah. walks in the room and he's like, Lends get the all the stuff out yeah. of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I wiped all that stuff out of, off of him and I got right next to him and I said, Dan, you got to say, Jesus, save me. And yeah. no, don't. And he said, you know, eventually said, Jesus, save me. And it wasn't as dramatic this time. He kind of, he said, Jesus, save me. And he kind of came to and 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 he you know we took him back to the church and while and then on the way to the church he said the man in white told me to read this verse and he said a verse i can't remember what the i should remember the verse it's probably important <laughs> but he said read this verse at midnight and so the rest of the day we just left him in the church well i'm not alone we had people with him and then he read that verse at midnight and then and then you know was able to go home it's wild and what's interesting two things one is um so his he and the girlfriend, she was pregnant. Mm. And the, the demon that he saw was her uncle. Mm. So they were describing to me all this the next day. And so there was some weird connection that, that, was, that was, it was like there was, they were trying to rule with fear. Like mm. they had basically entered into whether it's possession or oppression. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fear. It was like now that they had this baby the demon attacked saying, I'm coming for the baby. And it was like, mm. they were overcome. So it was like fear actually brought yeah, about because, this. Yeah. Because Satan doesn't really own or have the authority to mm. control anybody who calls on the name of the Lord. Yes. So he uses deception and yeah. fear yeah. to try and control people. Yeah. And that's when the truth will set him free. Yes. Yeah. There, there's the command yeah. to make the demon leave, but there's also the truth that establishes yeah. somebody's heart in grace. And when they yeah. believe the truth, then yes. Satan loses power to manipulate. Yeah. And what's so yeah. creepy about that is you've heard people say, I killed them because I was told if I didn't kill this person, then my family would die. Or, yes. And it, yeah. it's exactly that deception. Yes. And it's yes. that you're so afraid of one thing that you're, man, you're easy you're to manipulate. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was very eye opening. I mean, that, that was a wild experience. I'm thankful that Jesus' name is <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It's not something I want well, whoever to be a part calls of. Calls the name, the name of the Lord, Lord will yes. be delivered. Yeah. That's yeah. truth. Yes. He yeah. called you 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 might not have used known the scripture when you said I mean you yeah. knew that scripture, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but when people call on the name of the Lord, yeah. they will be delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. the key is they have to get filled. You don't want to leave the vessel empty. Yes, exactly. And then the truth is what fills them. The Word of God fills them, and that gives them protection. Because Satan is not able to just come and enter anybody or everybody whenever he wants. He would do that to kill, steal, and destroy all of God's creation. He finds vulnerable people, just like the the lion looks for the the Mm slow-moving antelope or whatever, the the wounded one. And that's why Jesus has us go after yes. the wounded to protect mm. yeah, those. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and First John, you know, when he's talking about test the spirits, he said, you know, we're, we're as believers, we're called to test the spirits. And he said, if it's a spirit, if it's a, if it's a bad spirit, basically, it cannot call Jesus Lord. 
And that's exactly what you're saying. Like, can you call Jesus Lord? If not, that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Yeah. If you're getting locked up, that's a pretty good sign that there's something demon related going on, you know? Yeah. And when in doubt, say, can you say Jesus yeah. is Lord? Well, you know, and, if you and, try to discern, you know? And in my mind, like, with Mehul or Evan described it, he was it was like the first time he said it, everything released. And so yes. this guy said it and nothing released. I was like, oh no, it's not working. <laughs> no, no, so but we kept saying yeah. Yeah. we kept <laughs> saying, kept saying and, but and it did. Mm-hmm. But and I don't know it what does, I don't yeah. know if his his posture, attitude, faith was being yeah. stirred or or if some like what exactly was happening. Well, but there, yeah. it took multiple times of saying but, it before. But yeah. again, in deliverance ministry. Remember when at one point Jesus said, and some some translations don't have this, but they said, "Well, why couldn't we cast this spirit out of the boy who was being thrown yeah. into the to the lake with foaming mouth and all?" Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "This kind only comes out through prayer, and some mm-hmm. say prayer and fasting." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the implication is that there are some demonic forces more powerful than others. Yes. And yeah. that some, the battle is oh, yeah. going to be more intense yeah. than others. Well, like in Daniel, we, when he's like, hey, the angel said, I wish I could have come sooner, but I was battling, you know, the exactly. prince of Persia. Persia. You go, yes. what? There's this demonic That's force over days. Yeah, that for 21 days he's battling. The answer. Yes. I was sent immediately when you began to pray, but he would he had been hindered. hindered. Yes. And there's so much more, again, going on than what we see with And that's. That goes back to your healing prayer, too. Yes. You know, Jesus also prayed for the blind guy, and he said, how, how, what do you see? And he says, I see men like trees walking. Yes. And then he prayed again. Yeah. There's some healing that takes yeah. more than one prayer. There's some deliverance that takes yeah. a perseverance. Yes. And and the same with us, because um, we all get attacked mm. um, by demonic forces from time to time. Yeah. We have uh, exceedingly dark thoughts real powerful temptations that come or whatever mm-hmm. that try. And, and in hindsight, once you're through it, you think, why was I vulnerable like that <laughs> yeah. at that time? It seems but so silly now. Yeah. Because it's an unseen realm, yeah. it's sometimes we don't really even understand, was that just my own thoughts? Was that just something weird that happened? Yeah. Or was it demonic? We don't always know. And that's why praying for discernment, because one of those gifts in or manifestations that you described in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, yeah. is yeah. discernment. Discernment mm. is knowing what are we dealing with here. Yeah. Is this a natural human thing because of sleep deprivation or too much yeah. eating or drinking of the wrong stuff? Yeah. Or is this actually a demonic thing that is taking advantage of our weakened condition yes. for whatever reason? Which brings me to the end of chapter 5, this story again of Jesus. He walks in. And, and everybody's mourning, everybody's crying. This little girl has died. Mm. And he said, she didn't die. She's asleep. And they all laughed at him, you know. And again, all these, all these stories of like Jesus sees things different than we do. Yeah. He sees a different realm. He understands what's going on. He sees people. He sees demonic forces. He sees situations. And he doesn't see them the way that we see them on their surface. And you need that Holy Spirit discernment to say, what is this beneath the surface that I need to pay attention to? And I think that's one of the, I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of challenges in the life of a believer, so I won't overstate this. But <laughs> I think it's probably one of the largest things that we battle as followers of Jesus is, again, it's easier to just say, there's no spiritual gifts and there's no supernatural anything. It's all just in my control and I'll just memorize the Bible enough. And then all those things will make me feel like I've got a control, like a grip on life. But 
with Jesus, he doesn't have that. There's this wildness, there's this discernment that's so necessary, and this moment by moment of living in the Holy Spirit of going, please reveal to me the things that I don't see, because I, in my natural person, can't possibly see all these ins and outs. And I think that's the the trick for any of us, right? It's like, can I see with the eyes of Jesus? Well, he said the same thing regarding Lazarus, remember, when he first heard Lazarus is sick and and that Jesus waited in John 11, and then he says, well, Lazarus is asleep. And they go, well, if he's asleep, things are going to get better. Everything's going to be fine. Then Jesus said, he's really dead. You, <laughs> you know? guys aren't getting <laughs> so, it. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's so, actually dead. Yeah. For, so, and, and gotcha. part of, you guys aren't getting it. That's yeah. part of where the doctrine of uh, soul sleep comes in. Mm-hmm. Basically, in the eyes of God, when a believer dies, it's like they're asleep yeah. because he knew them before and he knows them uh, yeah. He's outside of time. He can see the resurrection. Yeah. So if it's in that gap, the four-day gap anyway, yeah. he says they're asleep because he could bring them back at any time. Yeah. yeah. We should we should get – you should tell the story of, with your brother because I mentioned that in, okay. in parts. Yeah, I People will. People probably want to hear um, that story. This happened in 1973. I'm, I'm in a discipleship house before Christina and I got married. I'm starting to lead this house. I get a call. It's my mom on the phone. She says, Mark, something terrible has happened. Um, your brothers were going to Mexico. They were um, – and I'm like, Mom, what, tell me. Just tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. She says, Robert has a broken neck. He, he dove into the Colorado River and broke his neck. Mm-hmm. And I, I – of in those days, the only one in my family that had accepted Christ besides me was my brother Robert, and I loved mm-hmm. him with all my heart. He was still a junior in high school, and I just started crying and praying, and I was hit by this this grief. And then simultaneously, whatever you ask in my name, I will do for you that the Father will be glorified in the Son. Mm-hmm. So faith. Yeah. Faith and grief were going back mm. and forth in my heart. Mm. And my mom and I flew down to Ontario the next day. My brothers pick us up. They take us to this hospital in um, in Ontario, California. We get I'm 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 fasting because um, I'm I'm wanting to hold on to faith in this situation. We go to the hospital room. Robert's in traction, in weights, laying on this hospital bed in pain. My brothers tell me the story of what happened. They were all running on their trip to Mexico. They stopped at the Colorado River. They're running and diving into the river off the riverbank. Robert put on swim fins so he couldn't run. Mm -hmm. He stands on the bank, and where he dove in straight down, the water was only like 12 Mm. inches deep. So from the bank to to the bottom, he just crushed his neck. And came mm. up, and when he came up, he was in incredible pain. They knew something horrible had happened. They put him in the car, took him to like an urgent care kind of place. They did a bunch of x-rays. They strapped him down on a gurney, sent him immediately to this mm. uh, intense hospital in Loma Linda, California. And they said, we're not even moving him to Kaiser where we had insurance. We can't do anything. He could be completely paralyzed at any moment mm. if he moves again. Mm. And uh, so I'm praying all that day, nothing's happening. Mm. I'm remembering that scripture, whatever we ask in Jesus' name, he will do for us. Nothing's happening. Finally that night, the rest of the family goes out to dinner, and I'm sitting there with Robert, and um, uh, he starts crying because he's in so much pain. And 
I get up and stand over his hospital bed, and I'm looking down at him. Uh, he has this like harness around his neck, um, and then a chain going down to the, these weights that are mm-hmm. holding him in place so that he doesn't move. And um, he looks up at me, uh, and, and and I said, "Robert, let's just pray." And we we start singing in the spirit. You know, just singing yeah. with the language God had given us, and 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 Robert's trying to sing along. But after a few moments, I could sense the presence of the Lord in the room. Mm. Um, the Holy Spirit's there. I open my eyes. Robert looks up at me from the bed, and he says, "Mark, I just heard a voice in my heart, and it said, you're my beloved son, and you're healed. Mm. Take the weights off.'" And I'm like, "Whoa." <laughs> If I take these weights off, yeah, and he moves, he could be paralyzed for life. Yeah, and I'm, I just, I'm just stunned, and I'm yeah. doing nothing. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. and he, he's talking through this thing that's holding his his head, and he's going, take the weights off, take the weights <laughs> off, and and I think because he he believed he was healed, and I could sense the presence of the spirit. Mm, it yeah. was both it's of those were both. Yeah. Vo- Important mm. things. Mm-hmm. I didn't have faith, but I yes. could. Say, I knew God was there, and 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 you know God is everywhere, of course. But the gifts Manifest of the Spirit yeah. are when the Holy Spirit's mm. moving, yeah. and Jesus wasn't doing these miracles by the pow- His own power. Yeah. It was in cooperation with the Holy Spirit that had baptized Him mm. as He came out of the River Jordan. He had been born of the Spirit from His mother's womb, right? Yes, yeah. So He always had the Spirit, but it was the power that had descended on Him. So anyway, mm. I, I go around the back of the weight machine. It, there's a clip. I unhook the clip. Robert sits up in bed and he goes, "I'm healed, I'm healed." And then I'm like, oh, "I hope, I hope." <laughs> I hope and then he starts healed. raising his hands, "I'm healed." He starts shouting. Take it easy. Then take the it easy. door bursts oh, open and goodness. the nurse oh. is there. What's going on? What's going on? And Robert's going, I'm healed. The Lord healed me. And she goes, lay back down, lay back down. And then the doctor comes in. And then a few minutes later, Chaos. my mother comes back from dinner. She's like, what's going on? Mark, I left you here with your brother. <laughs> you tried you to kill him. Yeah. I knew I should have never left yeah. you with him. What have you done? Yeah. He could be paralyzed. Mm. And then they brought in a big x-ray machine and took a bunch of pictures. And I'm just sweating it. And my mom's glowering at me. And my Robert's <laughs> smiling his head off. And, <laughs> and uh, so they come back about half an hour later, and they go, oh, something might have changed here. And they bring, they get another x-ray machine and more mm. pictures, and then I'm starting to relax. Yeah. And later that night, they're back in the room with a whole bunch of doctors, and they say, we can't find the, all the things mm. that we had <laughs> taken pictures of before, wow. which was compressed vertebrae, cracked vertebrae. Yeah. It's amazing. It, something's changed. Amazing. That's all they would yes, say. Yeah. Something's changed. Wow. And they went from, we won't even move him for Kaiser Hospital for at least 12 weeks yeah. to letting him go the next day with just a little neck brace on. Be sure now, check in with Kaiser <laughs> yeah. when you get back home. Wow. And it was over. And it it's was amazing. It totally changed our family. Yes. It totally changed everybody. I went from the Jesus freak villain to the hero. Well, maybe there's something there. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing that... I also was a bit of a setup because I always thought if you really need a miracle, God's going to come through Mm. and do it. Mm. And when my son was laying on a hospital bed and he died, it was like final confirmation that no matter how much you want it, 
There are things that are way beyond our control, yeah. and they're gifts from the Holy Spirit, and we can't – we're not in charge of when those are released. Yeah. Our job is to cooperate, yeah. and when we can cooperate, it's wonderful. Yes. And it really – and when we can't, then the job is to believe God in the midst of the pain mm-hmm. and to stay faithful in the mm-hmm. midst of the pain. Because he's not done yet. He's not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, you know, what Jesus, what the, what the kingdom brings is new heaven, new earth, right? Mm. There's a, there's a newness, there's a renewing. And, and when someone gets hurt, you know, the healing is really kind of just a resetting. It's a renewing of what got broken. When someone is, is demon possessed, it's, it's a setting them back to the way they, they originally were, were. Yes. our original yes. design. I mean, yes. it's a phrase yes. people use. Yeah. There's something that that the kingdom of heaven it it does that. You know, what mm. what is frozen becomes thawed. You know, yeah. um, what yeah. is dead becomes alive, and mm. and that's that's what Jesus was. That, that's the point of the miracles. wasn't wasn't so that we would want miracles. The mm. point of the miracles was so that we would want what's behind the miracles, and that's the kingdom of God. Yes, yes. And yeah. and when Jesus came, he it was the fullest clearest, most in-your-face demonstration of the kingdom of God that there had ever been mm. was Jesus himself and what he did. Yeah. And it didn't stop with Jesus, right? Yeah. which is That's so right. fascinating because yes. at the very the Mark chapter 6, the last mm. thing we left off was Jesus said, now you disciples, you go, go and you do go. the same. Yeah, yes. He gave them yeah, authority, yeah. And, and they did. Yes. They went out and they were able to to proclaim the kingdom of God, get proximate to pain, and see people set free yeah. from from demons. And and again, Mark and Peter, the language that they're using, what are they when they say unclean spirit or when they say demon possessed? Um, I think it's interesting because we have mental illness that is really it's kind of a big deal in our day and age where yeah. people talk about mental illness. We have mental health crisis. You know, all kinds of the people that. That they're not well, and whether they're just mentally ill, whether they actually have an unclean spirit, or whether they're demon possessed, mm. all of those are potential realities. Yeah. I don't know if they had the language of mental illness back then, so that if someone, you know, they had an unclean spirit, is what maybe yeah. they would say. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It, it, what yeah. I love is it doesn't really matter in yeah. the end. It's because Jesus could heal mental illness too. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. bringing, giving people a taste of His kingdom, which is to come. Yeah. But they're getting a little splash right now. So the way I always look at it is there's all this, there's this giant pool of the kingdom of God over there and everyone's playing in it that's already gotten there. Mm. But every once in a while, a little splash will come into our time and space. Yeah. And that's what that healing is. Amen. Yes. Your brother, Amen. your brother's not healed forever. Your brother's he's, he's, he's getting old now. Die you know, <laughs> you know, like he was sings. able to play football for the next few years. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but even Lazarus rose that's from right. the dead died and again. then died again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this splash that, that gives us that's and everybody right. who's aware of it, a taste of the kingdom, a longing for the kingdom, but, but we shouldn't, that's not the whole kingdom. That's yeah. just, that's just the taste. And so sometimes God gives you the, the the healing, or sometimes He gives you the grace that you need to endure yeah. whatever yeah. you're going through. And both of them are are wonderful. I mean, yeah. I think in some ways I've I've debated with people which one's actually better. Is it better to get the taste of healing that's temporary, or to get the grace that you need to endure well with whatever the ailment is? Mm. I mean. What's more powerful in some ways? Yeah, I think that's a, 
sorry, they gave me a mic. So yeah. <laughs> this is Dalton, down. by the way. Yeah. Hi, yeah. hey, hey, uh, hey producer Dalton. Dalton. Um, yeah, no, I think that's something that um, is so important to my story, just from my parents separating at such a young age. Mm. Um, mm. You know, like my parents aren't; they're still separated. They're still divorced. Yeah. Um, my dad remarried, but um, I had just seen three years ago, I feel like just deep in my spirit that the restoration of what the Lord has done with my relationship with my parents, and I can't speak to their yeah. literal relationship, but I've just seen a lot of restoration come into mm. my family. Mm. And I think that's something when we're so focused on the product of faith rather yeah. than yeah. the spiritual practice mm. of faith, mm. right? Because yeah. I feel like that's something the Lord has taught me so well. I mean, a lot through fasting and prayer, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. about what we can coerce God to get our way, but it's yeah. about just being close to Him, right? I feel like that's such a big, um, like, that's that's such a big deal to those situations and i know yeah. you know um a lot of healing and and life and death and i've never walked through that but mm. just through that parent you know the story of my parents and then just seeing that god restores way you know the things that are broken not back together all the time like they mm-hmm. once were you know yeah yeah, yeah. So, and i think I the you know, before Jesus sends out all the disciples, there's that story of his family and he couldn't do miracles and, and even they're sliding and they're like, isn't this the son of Mary? You know, which, which in biblical times, that's a slight, like they didn't say the son of Joseph, they say the son of Mary. And the implication is, doesn't this guy not even know who his dad is, you know? Um, And that familiarity that breeds contempt kind of thing, you know? And I think when we, the, 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 the the point of miracles oftentimes in our life is to realize that we don't understand how God works. And there's that mystery. The family that he was there, they didn't have that mystery. They're like, we know this guy. He's doing things we didn't expect him to do, and we just can't fit that in. Mm. When you have this experience of God that says he only fits in this box you miss out on that childlike faith of he might do something else though. Mm -hmm. But what if he did something different, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the call for all of us as believers. Like we don't want to be so familiar with God and so familiar with the things that we've experienced before that we stop believing and, and having that childlike faith for what he could do in the future. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about the book of Mark. I mean, he's just hitting with us, bam, 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 you know, with all of these. So, um, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Can we, can we pray? Because I just had a sense that some of our listeners Mm. could use some prayer. Yes, please go for it, Mark. Yes. Yeah. Father, I want to thank you for this time. And I thank you for David and Ryan, um, doing such a great job with this podcast. We pray, Lord, for those who are stirred by these words, that they would have discernment, that they would also have real confidence in you, Lord, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Lord, I ask that tonight, that before our listeners go to sleep, Mm -hmm. they will call on your name and intercede for their family members and their loved ones that they know are being tormented in different ways Mm -hmm. so that deliverance would flow, so people's hearts would be restored and their lives would have full hope and faith that your kingdom is coming, that your will is being done, and that you're a good, good father. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. 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 Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we're going to continue to do deep dives throughout the uh, series on Mark. Uh, so please stay tuned. And uh, next week, we're going to pick up uh, kind of into chapter six where we left off. So thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.